Evening guys, welcome to another awesome episode of Trigger. Tonight we're joined by a great American, Tom Homan. Tom is a true patriot. He's the former acting director of ICE and he worked to enforce America's immigration laws for decades, including under the Trump administration, back when we actually had a border. He's watching the Biden border disaster wreak havoc on our country and will lay out the solutions to fix all of it. Amazingly enough, folks, as we saw under Trump, it can be done contrary to uh, the testimony and such of morons like Secretary Mayorkas. This is a timely interview considering the trafficking crisis at our border is now worse than ever before. America is suffering from out of control border chaos that's honestly affecting pretty much every state in the union, literally because of the sex trafficking crisis, the human trafficking crisis, the drug trafficking crisis and fentanyl. Every state is now a border state, not just those that are physically and in close proximity to the border itself. So be sure to guys like, subscribe, share these episodes because you know you're not going to see it anywhere else and we ain't getting any help getting the news out there from big tech. Frankly, mainstream media, big tech, big social, honestly, they're all working against us on a daily basis. And so we'll get to Tom coming up here very shortly, but we have a lot to talk about. A lot of news to get into, including how my father's absolutely crushing the 2024 opponents. Uh, so much so that he put out an amazing truth today on Truth Social talking about how uh, he looks forward to watching the bait so that he can choose who maybe should be his vice president. You got to love the balls, folks. The growing evidence of the Biden corruption is also continually getting worse and worse. It's just piling on. And Devin Archer today, Hunter Biden's business partner, his former BFF, uh, all in the news. And of course, you have again, the border crisis. So first, here are some facts about the border. Over 6.6 .6 million illegal immigrants have been recorded crossing our border since the start of Joe Biden's presidency. Just for perspective, folks, in a country of about 350 million people, that's like 2% just in Joe Biden's short stint in office. 2% of those people just coming over the border taking your benefits, stressing our systems. But hey, no one cares, apparently. Those are just the illegal immigrants we actually know about, folks. Imagine how many are there that we can't count. Even the great men and women at Border Patrol, the guys on the ground doing the work, the door kickers, the patriots down there, they can't keep track of all of it, obviously. How could they, especially when they're handcuffed and hamstrung by the Biden administration? There are millions of other illegal immigrants that evade detection daily. Biden is serving as the maitre d' and helpfully letting the illegals enter the country. And he's not turning them back, folks. In 2022 alone, two million illegal immigrants were encountered on the border and released into the country. Not back into Mexico, not like the remain in Mexico policies like you had under Trump, just, hey, We'll catch you, release you into the country, maybe we'll see you in a couple years. There are no plans to deport them. Watch Secretary Mayorkas talk about it in his own words. In encounters and releases under your watch. 
So not including the Title 42 expulsions, not including violent criminals, of those two million plus that you've encountered and released, how many have you told to go home? Um, uh, Congressman, uh, individuals who are released are placed in immigration enforcement proceedings under the law where they can make their claim for relief. If their claim for relief is not satisfied, they are subject to removal from the United right. States. Right. Subject to removal sounds very different than actually removed. So I'm not interested in the process. I'm not interested in what people are subject to. Two million people encountered and released, not the expulsions under Title 42, not the criminals. How many of those people have you deported? So, uh, Congressman, a few points. Number one. Just how many of the people? I just want to know how many. It's just I a may. number. Congressman, uh, we are dealing with a completely broken immigration system. I get system. it. I, no, no. Guys, Mayorkas has no answer because he isn't planning to deport any of them. That's not in the Democrats' interest. They want people, and they want people dependent on big government and government programs, your taxpayer dollars, so that they vote Democrat in perpetuity. That's all this is, folks. In fact, even when illegal immigrants go through the system and are given an order of removal by a judge, nothing happens. There are currently 1.2 million illegal immigrants in the country with a final order of removal. And guess what, folks? Shockingly, shockingly, there's no plan to actually deport them. The issue with Biden's border is twofold. Not only is it easy to enter the country, but once you come here, you have no shot of being deported. Imagine who would take advantage of that. We talked about millions of illegals coming across the border that we can't control. What about the terrorists? What about the really bad people? What about the CCP operatives? The list goes on and on. Border Patrol will let you loose. They might sign you up for a Biden program like case management, like the case management pilot program. Who runs the Biden illegal immigrant group? A group called Church World Service. Sounds innocent, folks. Sounds like good God-fearing people. But this group has come out in support of abolishing ICE. So ICE is working with an abolish ICE group. Folks, the fox is guarding the hen house. Now, you remember the Trump administration, fondly, I'm sure. The border was secure. ICE was so effective at deporting illegal immigrants that angry leftists created the Abolish ICE movement because they understood what it would do for their prospects, whether it was voting or otherwise. And get this, before Ron DeSantis started running for president, he said the truth, that Trump's borders policy worked. Check it out in his own words. Well, it obviously is a disastrous change in policy, Judge. If you look, Donald Trump had obviously the wall, which we all supported, but also safe third party agreements, uh, as well as remain in Mexico. And guess what happened? The border was under control. And I'll tell you, the, uh, the Trump border policies worked very well. Biden is undoing that right now. And President Trump instituted a number of policies and it dramatically reduced the number of people that were coming across the border illegally. This is a Biden 
caused disaster and because he rejected the policies that President Trump had put in that were working. And Trump had it right at the border. But of course now, the flip-flop is lying and saying the opposite. He said that my father didn't secure the border, which is obviously ridiculous, and he's probably doing whatever his consultants, you know, Carl Rove and Paul Ryan and the Bushes are telling him, despite what he said, in his own words, not that long ago. Seems like and sounds like a lot of the other issues he's flip-flop on, whether it's Ukraine or otherwise. This is purely, folks, out of desperation, right? DeSantis is now polling in the teens in the national polling average. He's actually showing up in third place in some recent polls. It's rough out there for Ron DeSantis because uh, he tried going Trump light, but his donors didn't want that, so he had the flip-flop. And then people saw him out there and they realized it's all a fraud. Today, in the New York Times, the front page featured a poll showing Trump leading DeSantis by a whopping 37%. It's complete and total domination. So naturally, DeSantis and his allies are starting to sound a lot like Liz Cheney and lying pencil neck Adam Schiff and quoting the January 6th committee, the unselect committee of frauds that we all watched in ridicule, laughing at the idiocy, you know, Adam Kinzinger and such. They're quoting it. This campaign is quoting it like it's the gospel. This is this is sick, but at least we're learning about DeSantis' true colors early on rather than when it's too late. He'll do what the creatures of the swamp and the establishment and the uni party want. That's pretty clear. DeSantis' best ally in this primary, frankly, is Merrick Garland. DOJ election interference is literally at this point, in my opinion, his only hope to win. He's in cahoots with the liberals. He's echoing the viewpoints of the January 6th committee. He's flip-flopped on every major decision that Republicans are into in the last few months. Who is Ron DeSantis? Does he even know? Or is it a product of, again, the establishment, uh, you know, consultants, as well as some polling in the D.C. Uh, you know, biosphere? These are liberals who compared my father to bin Laden, saying that January 6th was nine, like 9-11 and worse. You saw this elsewhere, but check out this clip alone just to refresh your memory a little bit. Maybe you'll get people. The idea of pardoning, like we're going to move on. Imagine that sentiment after 9-11. Oh, we're just like bin Laden. Let's just move on as a nation. We had a terrorist attack on our capital. January 6th was an act of domestic terrorism. That's what FBI Director Christopher Wray testified the attack was. And everybody involved in that attack has to be held accountable. We don't move on. We hold people accountable so it never happens again. That's an important point. Democrat, Republican, doesn't matter. If you're a president, if you attempt a coup, you incite a terrorist attack, you must go to prison. And I think you should spend your last days in prison, not to be cruel, but as a message to anyone, even a Democratic demagogue in the future, you can't. Guys. I'm going to rip my cornea out, like rolling my eyes into the back of my head. These people are sick. They have problems. Meanwhile, there are actual real crimes going on in D.C. that are slowly, but hopefully surely, being uncovered. Last week, when Hunter Biden's sham uh, 
plush little plea deal fell apart. His attorney revealed in court documents that Hunter got paid over $600,000 from Chinese Communist Party-backed company. That doesn't include the billion-dollar investment from other CCP things into Hunter's fund because, you know, again, we've discussed this. The Chinese, they invest with crackheads very often. This is what they do. Now, folks, they're not dumb like us. Investifying and diversifying with crackheads is not part of their ESG programming. So that didn't actually happen, right? This exposed Hunter Biden for lying during the 2020 presidential campaign. Sorry, Joe Biden. I'm mixing up my corrupt Bidens tonight. When he claimed that no one from his family got money from China. And today, behind closed doors, Hunter Biden's former business partner and BFF, Devin Archer, gave testimony to the House Oversight Committee. It had looked like the DOJ was going to pull another stunt. You know, the election interference, like when they go after Trump when he starts doing well, or they try to indict Trump the day something really shady happens with the Bidens where there's actual evidence of money transfer between God knows which one of our foreign enemies. But they pulled another stunt threatening to jail Devin Archer before the testimony. But, but then they backed off miraculously. Guys, if we're not living in a banana republic, I don't know where we're living at this point. There's a reason Biden's DOJ is so scared. Devin told House Oversight today that Joe was intimately involved with Hunter's foreign business dealings. This should come as a shock to absolutely no one, but maybe now that there's eyewitness testimony from people who were actually there, maybe, just maybe, our mainstream media will even remotely, from a distance, acknowledge it. Biden angrily denied having anything to do with Hunter's business while on the campaign trail. Check it out. You'll remember this one. How many times have you ever spoken to your son about his overseas business dealings? I've never spoken to my son about his overseas business That too, folks, was a lie. Devin Archer testified that Hunter Biden put then-Vice President Joe Biden on speakerphone 20-plus times to sell the brand in business discussions. According to Archer, Joe Biden was, quote, the brand, and that Burisma would have gone out of business if the brand had not been attached to it. The House Oversight Committee said that, quote, because of the Biden's involvement, people would have been intimidated to mess with Burisma legally. Shockingly. Shock. I'm shocked, folks. Like, we haven't all been talking about this now for months, but maybe they'll finally do something about it. It sounds like the Bidens are running some sort of, like, mafia-like business schemes, right? Racketeering and such. But Democrats are busy spinning it. First, they told us that Joe never spoke to Hunter's foreign business partners. Now, they're switching the story. They spoke, but it was about the weather, right? Remember, it was like Hillary's emails, like, I don't know, it was, it was like sharing recipes and like yoga stuff. I mean, the shamelessness of the Democrats and what they're allowed to get away with is just spectacular. Just listen, Democratic Congressman Dan Goldman trying to spin his way out of this one. Check it out.
You're saying that the speakerphone conversations, they don't seem concerning to you because there was no specifics about business. It just seemed like it was clear that it was clear that it was part of the daily conversations that Hunter Biden had with his father. Um, and it was and and sounds like most of the time uh, now President Biden didn't even know who the people he was at dinner. He was just asked to say hello. Uh, and he would, you know, talk about the, the way he described it several times. They asked over and over and over. He described what the weather was, how, uh, how, what's going on on your end. He, the, the witness was very, very consistent that none of those conversations ever had to do with any business dealings or transactions. They were purely what he called casual conversations. I'm following along on the live chat, and Warrior Girl has it right. They're D.C. gangsters, right? The whole thing is pretty ironic, isn't it? Like, the Democrats, they love to talk about the rule of law. Remember them preaching democracy and yada, yada, yada. And yet, when it actually comes to Democrats, that's different. It's a little bit different. If we had a rule of law, then we would enforce our immigration laws and deport illegal immigrants. If we had rule of law, then Hunter Biden, and most likely his father, Joe, would be in prison. And yet, we literally have half of the, half of the D.C. establishment, probably another quarter of the Republicans, all of the mainstream media, uh, the vast majority, if not all, of big tech, just running cover for them like there's nothing to see here. Again, what would happen if it was Trump? Guys, it'd be the only thing we'd hear about, and rightfully so. The Democrats' version of law enforcement is one in which laws are twisted to punish their political enemies and laws are ignored to favor their allies, their donors, and people who believe what they believe. So, guys, before we get into all of that with Tom, I want to make sure to take a couple seconds and thank our sponsors. These guys have a lot of guts supporting a show like this and programming like this, so be sure to check out the great folks over at Gold Co. and take the steps needed to diversify your portfolio. Just last week, we saw the Fed raise rates to the highest level in 22 years. Add that to inflation, reckless spending, stupidity in government, you know, being on the brink of World War III, global turmoil that we see playing out every day. And I just want you to be prepared. So owning tangible, physical, inflation hedging gold and silver can help secure and stabilize your portfolio. And GoldCo has top-notch customer service. They'll answer all of your questions and they'll walk you through the whole process so you can learn before you do anything. Go to donjuniorgold.com to learn more. That's D-O-N-J-R-Gold.com and learn more. And while you're at it, guys, don't forget about Patriot Mobile. America's only Christian conservative wireless provider. With Patriot Mobile, you're putting America first with every call while getting the same nationwide coverage as the major carriers. Patriot Mobile provides you a dependable wireless service at an affordable price, putting your dollars into action and supporting freedom-loving values. They donate a portion of every dollar to support groups that fight for the First Amendment, the right to keep and bear arms, our incredible Second Amendment, the sanctity of life, and protecting our brave police and first responders. So for free activation, go to patriotmobile.com slash triggered. That's patriotmobile.com slash triggered. And guys, you're going to have a cell phone in your pocket. You can give it to the major carriers out there that are literally taking your hard-earned money every month and donating it to causes and people that hate your guts, 
your freedom, your liberty, and everything you believe in. Or you can give it to Patriot Mobile and they can give back to what you care about. So honestly, think about it. Take the time to actually think about where your money could be going and how you want it spent. And uh, give the folks at Patriot Mobile a call. And with that, I want to bring in Tom Homan, uh, former acting director of ICE, uh, great American. I noticed one of the other comments in there uh, was that uh, one of the people in the live chat, Tom, was saying, hey, you know, Tom could have just retired after ICE, but you continued to stay in the fight. Uh, and that's absolutely amazing. I think that's so critical. Uh, someone that has, you know, your experience on the ground will continue uh, because if, if not, this insanity will be left unchecked. You're right. Uh, I, that, that's a funny story. The day I retired is when I got contacted by the White House. They wanted me to stay and be the director, which is a three-step promotion, greatest honor of my life. And so I retired a second time, but I'm going back the third time when President Trump takes the White House back in January 2025. Well, I, I love that. I, I think that's so important. Again, just, you know, people who are mostly, honestly, so much of it's just being unafraid of the media attacks, right? I mean, it's not even you know, a Republican idea of the border versus the Democrat. It's a Republican idea versus a Democrat idea that's lied about, inflated, uh, you know, acted on by a mainstream media acting as their marketing department. I mean, people don't even really know or can't even fathom what's going on. You saw the visceral reaction to, you know, the movie, The Sound of Freedom. I'm sure you have hundreds, if not thousands of stories like that about children and the sex trafficking. And then you add in the fentanyl crisis. I mean, you know, can you talk about just how severe uh, this is so that, you know, even those people who get it, they would like to close it down, but perhaps don't realize how bad it is. What, what's it like down there right now? Well, to, to level set, they got to understand under President Trump. Now, now, I've worked the border since 1984. I started in the border patrol. I wore that uniform. I climbed the ladder, did every wrong, became the first director of ICE. That actually came up through the ranks. So the 20,000 men and women that worked for me, I didn't ask him to do anything that I didn't do myself throughout my career. But under President Trump, we had unprecedented success. People need to understand, illegal immigration was at a 45-year low. Illegal immigration was down 83%. Now, picture that, the most secure border in my lifetime. The data proves it. You can hate Trump. You can hate Holman. Go to cbp.gov. Look at the data. It, it proves that we had the most secure border in my lifetime under President Trump. President Biden came in and unsecured the border on purpose. I said I worked for six presidents. I, I say this all the time. I worked for six presidents, not Ronald Reagan. I respected every president I worked for because every president, they understood a secure border is important because you can't have national security if you don't have a secure border. Some did, even Clinton and Obama took some steps. No one did more than President Trump, unprecedented success. But Joe Biden's the first president in the history of this nation who came in office and unsecured the border on purpose. And the result is a record number of migrants have died on U.S. soil under Joe Biden's watch. A historic number, 1,700 more. 1,700 migrants died on U.S. soil. Over 100,000 Americans have died from fentanyl across that border because border patrol is so overwhelmed with a humanitarian issue, smugglers got free reign coming across the border. Record number of women and children sex trafficked in the United States. A record number of known suspected terrorists crossing the border. 1.7 million Godowicz, right? Border Patrol's arrested people from 170 different countries. Some of these countries are sponsors of terror. They've arrested 267 people off the terrorist watch list. 
if you don't think a single one of the 1.7 million Godaways didn't come from a country-sponsored terror, then you're an idiot. This is the biggest national security ferry in the history of this nation, and Joe Biden's orchestrating the entire thing. Yeah, well, talk about that a little bit, because, I mean, you know, it's yeah, obviously the crisis is worse now. There's more incentives. The Democrat Party's lost their minds. Everything's for free. So, you know, I guess you're right. Even, even having worked for six presidents from Ronald Reagan all the way up, I mean, I, I imagine what Trump showed that was even under more dire circumstances, it could still be done. But if the millions that are getting across the border are there, I mean, if they have that many that they caught from a terror watch list, I mean, those people are probably better funded than just an average immigrant trying to come through, whether it's, you know, whether it's well-intentioned or whether it's for the freebies. Uh, you know, I, I can imagine that there's thousands of terrorists that could get in, uh, many who are terrorists that may not yet be on a watch list because they've been radicalized or otherwise. You know, how bad is that threat? Because, I, you know, you, you just think of the number of people just involved in 9-11 and the numbers coming across the border, it's like you, you could have hundreds of those theoretically based on, based on the number and the volume and the ease uh, of those people getting into the border. Look, I, I think it's the, big, the biggest issue with the border is the national security aspect, because like I said, border troops wrestle over 200 on terrorist watch those. And so they're obviously morons because terrorists are trained not to get caught. They're, they're trained how to evade law enforcement. But the 1.7 million gotaways, that stirs the hell out of me because people need to understand, well, Homan, how do you know that? Well, it's simple. Because after 9-11, we created all these databases. We created the, the terror watch list. We created no-fly list. We created the visa security program that I used to run as vice director that has prevented thousands of people from getting a visa to come to the United States because we found derogatory information in their background, in their vetting. But what terrorist in the world today is going to apply for a visa or try to get a plane ticket when they know they're going to be vetted through numerous databases, including DOD intelligence databases? When you can simply get to Mexico, pay the cartels a little bit extra money to get away. The people need to understand that it's just like 1.7. People need to understand that there's two amounts you pay for a cartel. You pay a certain amount to go across the river or the desert and turn yourself in. You pay a much higher amount to get away because they'll get to Chicago or New York. You got why did 1.7 million people choose to pay more to get away? Why not turn yourselves into the board show? Get processed, get released get work authorization, get flown to the city of your choice with work authorization for five to seven years. And even when you lose your case, which nine out of 10 will, ICE isn't arresting and removing you because the secretary said being in the country legally on its own is not enough for ICE to make an arrest. Why did 1.7 million people pay more? Why did they not take advantage of the giveaway program? Because they didn't want to get vetted. They didn't want to get fingerprinted. Why? Because they're carrying fentanyl. They're gang members. They're, they're convicted criminals and they're terrorists. I'm telling you, I don't know how many terrorists have crossed the border since Biden's been president, but someday we're going to find out, and that's going to be a bad day for America. So, yeah, which which immigration policies uh, work the best? Uh, what what was most effective, and you know, and and were those things scrapped? Because again, you know, the border was a out of control. It's not like it was now. Uh, but it was sort of out of control. It was the Wild West a little bit. Trump comes in. You're able to actually get things done. They shut it down to, you know, let's call it all-time lows, you know, relatively speaking, right? All-time lows, you know, under systems that literally incentivized people to, you know, rush out of their countries and come here. Uh, we were able to do that pretty quickly. What were the policies that were most effective 
And, you know, in a Trump 2024 term, how long would it take to spin those policies back up to actually to shut this stuff down? And more importantly, then maybe even go after some of the people and, and certainly the, the more nefarious ones that are already in country. First of all, there's there's three or four major policies that Trump administration put into effect that were game changers. I, I set myself up for this was about two months ago. I was with President Trump and he asked me that same question. How, how quick we get it back? I promised them 90 days we could get the border secured because you simply dust off the Trump plans with that were proven most effective, right? The remain in Mexico program, game changer. And, and the good thing about the remain in Mexico program, people can still claim asylum. If they're really escaping fear and persecution from their homeland, which 90% don't, they can, they can still claim asylum. They just went in Mexico for the hearing. I remember being in the Oval Office with President Trump and I explained to him that Based on the last 10 years of data for immigration courts, nearly 9 out of 10 people who came asylum at the border never get relief from U.S. courts because they either don't show up in court or they don't qualify. Yeah. Then the president asked me, what happens to those people time to get a final order? Well, if they're not detained, we only about 6% leave. So that's when President Trump said, well, if 90% are committing asylum fraud and don't qualify, why do we release them at all? So he came up to remain in Mexico program, a game changer. The other thing was the third safe country agreement, which if, if, you, if you're actually escaping fear of persecution from Guatemala and you make it into Mexico, have you not escaped that fear and persecution from your home government? You're not there anymore. Of yeah. course you have. Yeah. Claim that, 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 that's a good point for the asylum seekers. It's like, well, you know, it seems they only seek asylum uh, or refuge from, uh, you know, th their countries in America. They don't stay in neighboring countries to uh, their own country. And they could just as easily do that, and they'd be very familiar in many cases, certainly coming from Latin America with uh, the language, et cetera. But, but it seems they always end up here. And President Trump said, we're going to end that too. And he, he demanded the three countries, the triangle countries, Guatemala, Honduras, and El Salvador, sign this agreement with Mexico that they claim assign the first three countries to come in. He, you know, he, he made them sign that. And, and I remember the conversation was, what have we done in the past? I said, we send them millions of dollars. They, they want to create opportunity zones for the country so people won't want to leave. Has it worked? No, it hasn't worked in decades, sir. So what do you do? He says, you know what? I'm not giving them money. Matter of fact, I'm taking money away. If they don't agree to this and start enforcing their own immigration laws, I'm going to take foreign aid away. So President Trump was one badass president. He he didn't he went to each of these countries, including Mexico, and demanded they not only enforce their laws, but they, they have active participation in illegal migration. He went to Mexico, demanded put military on the northern southern border. He demanded Mexico uh, get into the Remain in Mexico program. Finally, the last two things President Trump did, he ended catch and release. If people know they, they, they cross the border legally, which is a crime, they're not going to be released. You're going to be detained until you see a judge or sent back. Finally, the wall. The wall works. And I'm sick and tired of the left saying the wall didn't work. Jen Psaki stood at the White House podium one day and said, we stopped building a wall because it's ineffective. She lied to the American people. Every place they built a border wall, every place, illegal immigration decreased, illegal drug flow decreased. Walls work. So those are the four biggest things President Trump did, and he can simply do Look, this administration right now could, re could remain in Mexico program, program back in tomorrow. The highest court to land said it was legal. If they really want to secure the border, they could put the remain in Mexico program back in tomorrow, but they won't. Because it's a Trump plan, they won't because they don't want to secure this border. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's ironic that the people who didn't have $3 billion to complete the wall, which was, you know, well underway and, you know, big portions of it 
were completed, but now we're actually paying people money to store the materials that were literally bought and paid for and just need to be installed. I mean, that's going on. Our government is paying people to not install the stuff that was already bought. We don't have $3 billion to complete uh, the remaining miles of the wall, but we have 130 and probably another trillion behind that for, you know, I guess the pursuit of a never-ending war uh, in Ukraine uh, with nuclear-capable Russia. I mean, seems brilliant. These people are incredible strategists, unless, of course, they're trying to destroy America, which uh, it feels like uh, they are doing, uh, and that's their intention. There's almost no other explanation to me at this point. Well, look, you got, uh, talking about the wall, you had Governor DeSantis say the other day that Trump didn't build enough wall, Trump didn't finish the wall. Well, let's make one thing perfectly straight. Trump built 465 miles of wall. Ron DeSantis hasn't built an inch, right? And Trump did that without the help of Congress. Remember the first two years of the Trump administration, Congress wasn't helping them with the border. They weren't given money. You had your never Trumpers there. President Trump thought out of the box. He found the money to do it. He found it from DOD. He got sued a thousand times by environmental groups, by the left, the, 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 the left uh, 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 open advocates, border advocates, constant lawsuits. He weathered every one of those lawsuits and won. And he built 465 miles of wall, which saved lives. Yeah, that, that's important. You know, listen, before Ron DeSantis was told by his consultants and stuff like that, he has to attract, that was in the opening. I mean, he was praising Trump and the policies and it was all working. But I think you, you actually brought up a really good point. You know, people are like, well, why didn't Trump get it done? You know why? Because Paul Ryan who's out there shilling for Ron DeSantis was the Speaker of the House. He's now on the board of Fox News. They've been, you know, fluffing DeSantis for the last uh, couple of months on this thing. This is the person that didn't want to do it because he didn't want to upset the Democrats. So, yeah, we had the House, we had the Senate, and we had the presidency. But it was Republicans that actually sabotaged that because those rhinos would rather be loved by the D.C. swamp and, you know, the Washington Post and get invited to the cool person D.C. Christmas party than actually do what their constituency wants. So, I mean, that's an important thing because these are the people that are endorsing DeSantis were the same guys that prevented Trump. You know, didn't prevent him. He still got a lot done, but they wasted two years of a four-year presidency playing those games, and that was the Rhino Republicans. Right, and, and, and that's a, one of the biggest reasons I, I respect President Trump I, like I said, I worked for six presidents. I think President Trump's the greatest president of my lifetime because he didn't, he wouldn't let, he, he couldn't be stopped, right? So he, he gets, he gets bull blocked by, by, by Congress. He's got all these lawsuits pending, but he got it done. 465 miles of wall. And people say, well, some of the wall is replacing wall. You know what President Trump built the wall? He built it where the Border Patrol wanted it. He built it, even if, even if it's replacement, some dilapidated wall, the Border Patrol says, look, this is a sieve. This, this barrier isn't working. We really need to hear this is where most of the migrants are coming. This is where most of the dope is coming. And that's where he built it. He yeah. built 465 miles wall because the border told them exactly where they wanted it. They told him what type of wall they wanted. And the president listened to the experts who spent decades on the border. He didn't give up. He got it done despite the hate, despite the opposition, despite the lawsuits, despite the lack of money. He found money within DOD. Name another president that went that far to keep his promise to American people because he knew walls would work and they did work. Illegal immigration at 83% decrease, 45 year low. The walls have a lot to do with it. And one final thing about the wall, people say, well, some people can climb the wall. Some people can't. 
But the walls aren't designed just to stop people. They're designed to slow people down because you yeah. touch that wall, you dig under the wall, you climb the wall, board toe knows it, they got time to respond. But most importantly, the family groups, the children, the women can't climb the wall. So they have to funnel them to a place where it's not a wall where the men and women of the board are sitting there ready to take care of them because many of them are in bad shape. Walls save lives because most vulnerable people in the world can't climb that wall. It's going to funnel them where they can get help when they finally get to a place where board tour agents are. Now, they're going to be deported, but they're going to be taken care of. They're going to be given water. They're going to be make sure they're healthy. And, and, and it's better than dying in the river. It's better than dying in the desert. Under Trump administration, and this is what angers me most about all the hate about the Trump administration, that we were inhumane. Right. Dr. Without Borders did a study. One-third of women that make the journey with use of cartels get sexually assaulted. When 83% less people are coming, 83% less people are coming, how many women are being raped? How many children aren't dying in a river? How many Americans ain't dying from fentanyl overdoses because the border was on the line catching them? How many known suspected terrorists isn't getting in the country? How, 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 many, how many women and children ain't sex trafficked in the United States? How many billions of dollars are the cartels not made? President Trump's policies were humane. They saved lives. That's the bottom line. Trump policies saved lives, moved illegal immigration to an historic low, unprecedented success. And anybody that wants to attack that, they're lying to the American people because the data clearly shows it. I've done this for 35 years. I've never seen the success like the Trump administration had on our border and protected America. Well, listen, I, I think you said it best. I think he did this honestly throughout his life and his career. You know, I always said he was a better builder because he spent time on job sites. He didn't just do, listen to a bunch of executives in glass offices. He went on the job site. He spoke to construction workers. I think it's why he was able to relate to just regular Americans so much. Uh, you know, you talked about he listened to Border Patrol. It was the same thing when they were like, well, you can't do anything about the ISIS caliphate. So rather than listening to, like, the lawyer bureaucrats at the Pentagon who'd never been on a battlefield, he went directly to the war fighters and said, what do you need to beat ISIS? And, you know, miraculously, weeks later, the caliphate was shrunk down to nothing, and ISIS was virtually wiped off the face of the earth because the guys do it, the door kickers, the people who are fans, not the bureaucrats, gave him advice, and he went with that rather than, you know, the people who were perpetually wrong, right? Same. He got the Abraham Accords done. That, that was the holy grail of geopolitical politics. They said it couldn't be done, but they were probably right if we remained within the bureaucrats who'd been failing at this stuff for half a century. Of course they couldn't get it done. They couldn't get it started, let alone done. So, you know, he took a different approach, and I think that was so important, and I'm glad it worked out on the border as well because, you know, it... I guess I'm looking at a stat right now that said in 2013, there were two pounds of fentanyl caught at the border. Now it's thousands of pounds of fentanyl coming across the border every month. And this deadly drug basically came out of nowhere. What do you make of the rise of fentanyl? I mean, is this, you know, we understand that I'm sure there's ties to the CCP. I'm sure half of this is a psyop because uh, it just kills indiscriminately and just devastates families and uh, towns and everything. What do you make of that? Where, where did this thing come from? What's continuing it? Uh, how, how does that continue? I mean, it feels like a drug that kills so many people so badly. It can't be like for the financial side of it because, you know, I don't think it's a great business model when you're killing your cu customer all the time. What do you think's going on with this? Well, the reason so much fentanyl is getting into the country is because the Mexican cartels have operational control of our southern border. Think of that for a moment. The strongest nation on earth no longer has operational control of our border. President Trump did. This president gave it up to the Mexican cartels. 
Because here's what the cartels are doing. People need to understand. These groups of 100 or 200 family units, they don't show up by accident in a certain place. The cartels decide where they cross and when they cross. Because they know most of the border patrols, up to 70% of them, are in facilities processing, changing diapers, making border formula, making hospital runs, taking care of the humanitarian crisis Biden created. So at least very few agents left on the line. So the criminal cartels will push a big family group knowing whatever agents were left on the line are going to seize to that moment to save lives. And that's when they move the fentanyl across open parts of the board. They create gaps, the criminal cartels do. That now the precursors are, are produced by China and they're sold to the criminal cartels in Mexico. Here's what's not happening. What's President Biden doing about China creating the precursors that are killing 100,000 Americans, poisoning Americans? What has he done in Mexico about the criminal cartels? Let me remind people that are listening right now, President Trump would hold China accountable because he did. President Trump would hold Mexico accountable because he did. He threatened billions of dollars in terror. President Trump wanted to label the, the, the criminal cartels terrorist organizations. This president doesn't even discuss it. So there's a difference in leadership. Because the border's open, because the border patrol is so overwhelmed, they're catching less. And when I said President Trump had illegal immigration down 83%, which, which means more agents were on the line, instead of processing, changing diapers, they were catching more of the drug. But the drug's flowing freely now, so the cartels have never made this much money in their lives because they're making record of money smuggling aliens, they're making a record amount of money sex trafficking of children and women, and they're making a record amount of money moving drugs. That's why there's so much violence in Mexico right now. The cartels are fighting each other over the control of the plazas because there's so much money to be made. And it all comes back to an open border. A secure border will save lives a secure border, the cartels don't have free reign to move the fentanyl across the border. Now, the Dems will tell everybody, well, most of the fentanyl comes through the port of entries. That's a lie. Most of the fentanyl seized at a port of entry. And why is that? Because every vehicle stopped. Every driver spoken to. So the, the, depending on responses to the officer's questions, they make it secondary and search. There's also a CBP targeting system. I can't tell you what's in it because it's law enforcement sensitive. But when they put that license plate number in there, that bounces against all of these different databases, and that, that may come back and say, you may want to secondary this car and take a closer look. So, of course, more drugs are going to seize at a port of entry. But when you got 70% of agents off the line because they're changing diapers, making baby formula, the criminal cartels are going to use a route of least resistance to smuggle the fentanyl in this country. If I'm a criminal cartel, I'm going to get two pounds of fentanyl into the country. Am I going to put in the car, go through the port of entry when I know that vehicle is going to be stopped? Am I going to give it to somebody? Across the border illegally when border patrols tied up with the humanitarian crisis. It's a lie the Democrats push because if they admit most of the fentanyl comes across between the port of entry, then they got a problem, right? Then they got to admit they don't have control of the southern border. Yeah, I, you know, I, I guess that's, you know, I have so many questions about it because it's such a it's such a big issue. I mean, uh, you know, what, what's going on with morale uh, of the great officers that are down there? And I've been down to the border. I've seen, you know, the wall. I've, I've spoken with a lot of these people. They, you know, these are great Americans, but, uh, you know, they're, they're so hamstrung. I feel like they're so overwhelmed. Uh, they can't do anything, much like what the Democrats are trying to do with the rest of law enforcement, frankly. But, you know, it, it feels like almost a literal war zone right now. What's going on with morale down there? And, you know, how, how do we improve that? I mean, I, I guess you can't under under these existing policies because it, it seems futile. Well, a few things. First of all, morale is on the toilet. Morale is really not existing. I've been down the board about a dozen times in the last year. And I talked to a lot of board relations. A lot of them recognize me, uh, you know, from either Fox or being the ICE director. And 
and they come talk to me freely. They, they, they feel abandoned by the secretary, and they are. They feel abandoned by the president, because they are. They're not able to do the job and uphold the oath they took. This one board person told me, says, I come to work every day as a federal law enforcement officer, and I can't enforce the law. I'm like a tourist agent. These people come to the country illegally. What's the crime? What am I doing? I'm processing them and driving them to an airport to get a free plane ticket, compliments to the taxpayer, and deliver this person to the very person that paid for the smuggling that person come, right? Especially the children. The children get released to ORR, and they're released yeah. some times to a relative or parent who actually paid the criminal organization to smuggle their child in the back of a car and a tractor trailer. And we're going to deliver that child to the person that paid for the smuggling, which is a felony. That's a conspiracy of smuggling. And 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 so to morale and, and the board told sees how many children are missing under this ministry. There's like a hundred thousand children that got me getting fine because they don't do proper vetting. And I saw the secretary of HHS the other day, but Sarah bragging how quick they get them out of custody. Well, no kidding, because you're not getting the sponsors. That's why you can't find a hundred thousand of them. Yeah. So these these children. Believe me, based on my 35 year experience, some are in pornographic movies, some are a little more pedophile, some are in forced labor. God help us. This stuff did not happen under President Trump. The only saving grace in morale uh, is that they truly believe that President Trump's coming back. That's what they're hanging on to. They want to be able to do their job again. They want to be able to secure the border. They and when they because they, when they're in the in a process center changing diapers, making baby formula. They know 70% are off the line. They know while they're sitting there, fentanyl is coming across to kill Americans. They know some child's being sex trafficked and they're not there to stop it. They know no suspected terrorists come across. I mean, as a federal law enforcement officer, they just sit there and they, 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 they're helpless. And, and, and to top it all off, you got the secretary and the president who, who slandered the men of the horse patrol saying they whipped black migrants when, when they were briefed before the press conference that that didn't happen. Yeah. And these men suffered. Their wives and children were bullied in churches and schools. Their fathers are racist. And to this day, the administration has apologized to them. To this day, they're not back to full duty. These men's careers were ruined based on a lie. Now, it's absolutely sick. By the way, a couple of guys are, I'm just following along in the live stream, in the live chat. Following. They're like, well, you're falling asleep, Don. No, I'm reading your guys' comments on the live chat. I can't look at the camera and read at the same time. So, uh, so I'm not falling asleep. I'm trying to actually see some of the other interesting stuff that people are saying. So, But, you, you know, you can't escape the haters, Tom. But I question for you. How do you, is there a way, you know, my father spoke about incorporating the military into this. You know, I, I can't think... Uh, of an enemy, uh, foreign or domestic, that's worse than what the cartels are doing right now. Uh, you know, can they, it, could our military effectively work with Border Patrol as well as some of these other things to do this? Because I imagine the same deal that allowed you to negotiate remain in Mexico uh, would, you, uh, would allow you to actually use our military to go on the offensive and attack and take out the cartels directly. Well, certainly. I mean, I... The criminal cartels are not going to be taken down by Mexico. A lot of the Mexican government is corrupt. A lot of the Mexican military is corrupt. A lot of the Mexican law enforcement are corrupt. And I'm not saying all of them. I'm sure there's some cops in Mexico really want to do the right thing. But a, a, a vast part of them are corrupt. They're not going to take the cartels on. The cartels run Mexico. Oh, yeah. Everyone's on the payroll. Just so we're clear, literally everyone is on the payroll down there, I'm sure, right? It's going to take U.S. law enforcement, U.S. intelligence, U.S. special ops to take them out. And, and I, I think that's what needs to be done. They need to be designated terrorist organization. 
so we can attack them because some of the criminal cartels in Mexico are operating over 40 countries across the globe. People need to understand these criminal cartels are not just in Mexico. Criminal cartels in Mexico are now running operations in all, almost all of our major cities in the United States. Now when they move the drugs in here, now they're taking all the drug trade when they're in the cities. As far as the haters, let me say something to the haters. They want to talk about, under Trump, about family separation. Let me remind people. Zero tolerance was done for one reason, to save lives. Women are being raped. Children are dying. So we figured, let's prosecute people that enter the country illegally, which is a crime, and maybe they'll stop. Maybe these people will stop putting their, their families in this situation. Maybe less children will die. Maybe less uh, uh, females get raped. It's about saving lives, period. But you want to talk about family separations? Let's talk about 350,000 children have crossed the border since Joe Biden became president. 350,000 children have been separated from their parents, self-separated, to get into the country to be released by a government that can't find 100,000 of them. I'm telling you something. 100,000 children, not all of them, but we already found out some are in forced labor, cleaning up entrails and meatpacking plants at night. Some are in pornographic movies, and some are living with pedophiles. you got adult males that is the sponsor for six or seven females, they found out. Yeah. Even a, even somebody from HHS blew the whistle on this. So I don't want to hear that, you know, our inhumane Trump administration where we try to save lives. And I'll tell you something else. If you think we're bad people, if, if you wonder why I get emotional on this issue, why President Trump got emotional on this issue, because I spoke to President Trump many times. I told him what I saw in my 35-year career. If, I, people that hate me, go talk to a nine-year-old that got raped by the cartel numerous times. Look in her eyes that are just empty. She has no soul left. Everything innocent has been, been taken from her. Grown men crawling on her, raping her time after time again. Standing back to tractor trailer, 19 dead migrants, including a five-year-old boy that suffocated to death in a steel box, 170 degrees, died in his father's arms, begging his father to save him. Deal with the, 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 the number of dead migrants I've found in my career. Deal with the trafficking and talking to some of these women what they went through. If they, if these haters would see what I've seen and experience what I've seen in 35 years, they'd understand why secure border saves lives. They'd understand why this issue is so important. So for the haters, keep on hating. Because I've been asked many times, does it bother you a big part of this country hates you? It don't bother me a bit. Because if they knew what I knew, they wouldn't hate me. Yeah. We, we had Tim Ballard on the show, you know, 10 days ago or so. Uh, you know, talking about that. I had met him in 15. I was the guy that actually, I think, made the initial introduction to the White House. And, you know, then they formed the task force looking into the, uh, you know, the child sex trafficking. They funded it with like $300 million. And that's when I realized how, how lost we are as a country, right? I mean, the Democrats, they went crazy. Like, I was like, I thought this was an issue that we could all agree on. But watching people try to defend this stuff, watching them turn a blind eye, uh, it's absolutely disgusting. And that, I mean, I guess that brings me to, you know, what what do you think about the Ron DeSantis sort of uh, the flip-flop, another Ron DeSantis flip-flop, but on Trump's border record? Because, I mean, I think considering what we were working with, our record was about as stellar as it could possibly be, uh, certainly the best it's ever been, given the circumstances. It was more stellar. It was unprecedented. Anybody can look up the data. Unprecedented. The greatest success on the southern border I've ever seen. And I, I've been at this since 1984. I mean, I wore that Border Patrol uniform. I spent more than 20 years investigating organizations that smuggled dope, smuggled women, and smuggled children. And I'm telling you, it was, it, it was unprecedented success. And even the even the, the 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 concept of flying migrants to like Connecticut and other things, which he wants to you know take credit for, good, fine. 
uh, something you probably should have done. But we know where that idea originated? President Trump's administration. I was in the Oval Office. We talked about the same thing. Let's take some of these sanctuary cities. And so a plan was being devised. You know why it didn't happen? Because by the time we're ready to pull the trigger on the operation, we couldn't fill a bus because President Trump stopped it. We couldn't fill a bus if we wanted to because he stopped catch and release. He had to remain in Mexico program. I think it's far better to prevent illegal immigration than to deliver them someplace where they, you know, not show up in court and, and go get, you know, go get, you know, whatever they're going to get, you know, uh, uh, benefits from the, our social service system. But the reason we didn't do it because we stopped it and, and we couldn't fill a bus up. That's the ultimate success. And when you do that, I, I'll keep harping on this. If you take 83% of the cars off the highway, will there be less highway deaths? President Trump stopped 83% of people making that dangerous journey through the, through the Darien Strait in Panama, across the cartel-controlled uh, Mexico, less women being raped, less children are dying, highly successful. If they want to claim asylum, wait in Mexico, you'll have your hearing. That way, if you don't qualify, which 9 out of 10 don't, we don't have to look to remove you. You're going to be, you're already removed. It made perfect sense. And people want to attack that program because he got away from catch release. Here's what the secretary knows and I know and you know. Based on data, nine out of 10 don't qualify. Based on Homeland Security Port, nine out of 10 lose the case, they get an order removal. What happens? If they're a family group, only 6% leave. This is why this administration is releasing people because they know what the Homeland Security Lifecycle Report says. They know what the immigration court data says. They know nine out of 10 will fail. But if they don't detain them, they'll never leave. That's what's happened. That is the truth of what's happened with this administration. Yeah, is, is that what you're, I mean, that 83% number, I mean, is that what you're most proud of during your time at ICE as a director, or, or is it something else, or is it a combination of things? Combination of the 83%, I know that the Trump administration saved many lives. That, 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 that saved a lot of sexual assaulted women. That saved children from being sexually assaulted. That, that uh, it saved lives. And, and other things, President Trump, you know, when I was running ICE, you know, countries like El Salvador was pushing back. Even even somebody's here legally, if they get deported by an immigration judge, we got to ask permission of that country to return them before we can actually return them. El Salvador wasn't taking MS-13, right? And, yeah. and President Trump called me and I, I, I told him what we, we went up to New York City, did an Operation Matador, arrested like just short of 500 MS-13 members. And I, I briefed the president, getting them deported is going to be a problem because El Salvador keeps pushing back. He says, really? Okay, tell me about it. I told him about it. Within two days, I get a phone call from the President Trump. How many planes can you fill up? Get them ready to go. Because he called out with Salvador and says, this is no, this is happening. Yeah. You take your people back. That was a game changer. I mean, President Trump held these countries accountable. And like I said, he, he, he threatened to take money away. And, and, you know, it's against the law in Mexico to traffic in women and children. They don't enforce the law. It's against the law in Mexico to transit through the country without a transit visa, but they're allowing it. President Trump called other countries responsible. And as far as Mexico paying for the wall, let me tell you something. By what President did with Mexico, with the National Guard on the northern southern border, the military, by remaining Mexico program, by the safe third country agreements, that saved ICE billions of dollars in detention costs. It saved the Border Patrol billions of dollars in enforcement. It saved the Immigration Court billions of dollars. So that alone, what Trump did, saved this country billions of dollars. So maybe Mexico didn't cut a check, but because of the policy Mr. Uh, President Trump demanded of these countries, 
we saved billions of dollars in taxpayers' uh, funding. 83% decline. Think of the billions of dollars we saved in taxpayer funding. Amazing. Well, yeah, I mean, listen, the irony of some of these things is sort of amazing, man. I, Democrats, they, you know, they love going out there and telling everyone that, you know, no one's above the law, but it appears to me that illegal immigrants are above the law. I mean, they, they, you actually feel like if you're an American citizen, you actually have to follow laws that would put you in jail and Democrats that, you know, will let the illegal immigrants go. Uh, now California wants to actually allow illegal immigrants to become law enforcement officers. So non-citizens are going to be policing citizens. You know, when does this idiocy stop? I mean, shouldn't Mayorkas, honestly, you know, I don't like using impeached lightly, but at this point, I mean, shouldn't he be impeached for refusing to enforce immigration law? Shouldn't he be impeached for essentially making American second-class citizens within, within their own country uh, second to those who are here illegally, who aren't paying for the services that the Democrats so easily want to give them. I mean, I feel like we as citizens have the privilege of paying for us, for our children, for the elderly, for illegals, for their children, for their elderly. I mean, where does it end? Well, Secretary Mayorkas should have been impeached a year ago. I can't believe the Republicans are taking this long to do it. Listen, they impeached President Trump and make a phone call. But you can't impeach Mayorkas for 100,000 overdose deaths because the border's open, for 1,700 migrant deaths because the border's open, for the drastic increase in sex trafficking in women and children, for no inspected terrorists crossing the border at ease, for lying about the men of the horse patrol standing at the White House podium and slandering these men when he was yeah. briefed before the press conference that it didn't happen. If He's sternly enough to impeach him. He violated his oath of office. His, 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 his desire for that open border has cost lives, thousands of lives. Certainly he should be impeached. That, absolutely. I've been calling for his impeachment over years. So as a Mark Morning, CBP commissioner, so Heritage Foundation, which is well-respected, did a whole piece on it. I mean, if anybody deserves impeachment, it's this man. And look, I used to respect him when he was deputy secretary because when he was deputy secretary and Jay Johnson... When there's a thousand illegal entries, we all got called in by Secretary Johnson. What the hell are we doing about that? It's a bad day. A thousand a day was a crisis. Now he's celebrating, oh, we're down to 4,000 a day. Four times more than when he was deputy secretary, and it's a success. It's, it's still way above the Trump administration. And what he's simply doing, he's taking thousands of people and putting them through a port of entry, calling it a legal pathway. He's simply taking illegal aliens, pulling thousands through the port of entry, so he can not have to claim them as an illegal entry. But if you claim what he's bringing through the port of entry, in my opinion, illegally, and what's being caught still by the board patrol, you're still at record numbers. It's a shell yeah. game. That, that's what I want to know. I mean, we saw that as it relates to the recession. You know, Joe Biden has the privilege. I, I wrote a book about liberal privilege, but Joe Biden has the privilege. Like, you know, the way that statistics have been kept, they change the math. Uh, they changed the formula. Remember, recession was, you know, uh, two straight quarters of, you know, GDP shrinkage, yada, 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 whatever it was exactly. Well, well, now it's different. Uh, you know, do you think they're fudging the numbers down on the border right now to kind of, you know, I don't think they can cover it all up. But do you think they've changed some of the way that they measured things to make it appear that it's not as bad as it actually is? Well, absolutely. Like I said, they are bringing people. Look, I'm not a lawyer, but I can read. I know what the pro policy says, and they're bringing thousands a day in through the port of entries, uh, 
processing for uh, parole and releasing them in the United States. Ask me how many actually show up at ICE. About 30%, 70% of them win. They only show up at ICE. And what they're doing, they know that based on 10 years of data that nine out of 10 don't qualify, but they're letting them in anyways. Yeah. And like I said, ICE is interested. The reason uh, my orcas wouldn't answer the question other than hearing how many non-criminals he rescued, because maybe he doesn't know, I can tell you, the answer is pretty close to zero. I talked to ICE agents. They're not even looking for him because they were told not to look for him. So they're fudging numbers. And, and Mayorkas talks about the Southwest border numbers are down, but he's not talking about the port of entries like Miami Airport. They're bringing parolees by the thousands to the Miami Airport. That's not counted on Southwest border numbers. They're bringing societies throughout the country, northern border, eastern border, maritime. It's just ridiculous what the administration is doing. And I tell you what, maybe they'll impeach him, maybe they won't, they should. But if they don't impeach him, the only justification I see at the end of all this is that someday that man's going to be leaving and he's going to leave with zero respect from the tens of thousands of federal law enforcement officers that he commanded. He's going to leave a disgrace to their job. He's an embarrassment position he holds, and he's got to live with that. I can tell you the 20,000 men and women the Border Patrol, the 20,000 people, 20,000 men at ICE, not even mention the Secret Service and other law law. When you have a Secretary of Homeland Security who ignores statute, who ignores the law, when, when, when the Secretary of Homeland Security can openly ignore the law and tell officers to ignore the law, you're never going to win that. He's going to retire as a disgrace. Mark my word. Well, yeah, listen, I, I don't think Joe Biden knows where he is on average day, so I don't know that that's going to affect him. But I think the people who are in charge, who are actually pulling the purse strings, who are putting whatever it is in front of him, uh, I think that's why Joe Biden's been a useful idiot for the Democrats and the radical left, because he'll sort of sign anything that they put in front of him. I mean, you know, you, you, I think you heard probably in my intro, I'm, you know, he's out there literally empowering liberal nonprofits, including some that are out there wanting to abolish ICE over empowering federal agents to actually do their job. I mean, it, it seems so asinine, but it seems the abolish ICE movement is literally being helped and being run by the Biden administration and their policies, as well as their dollars, which are ultimately our dollars as taxpayers. Well, the Democrats are pushing back on ICE. They need to be asked. Like Secretary Mayorkas should be asked in open testimony. He should be saying, Secretary Mayorkas, for the people that lose their asylum case in front of the immigration court, do you agree they should be immediately released? Now, if they hide out for five or six years and have a U.S. citizen child, should he get, should he get, is he immune now? Does a federal court order mean nothing? He gets to stay because he had a USC kid? I mean, we need to hold them accountable. Even the, either the left, people like AOC, who said they got a right to claim asylum. They got the right to see a judge. Okay, but you have to agree that whatever decision is made by the federal court, it has to be executed because it isn't. There, there's no value in the entire due process system. You can't like due process only if you like the outcome. It, it, well, the system, but, but Tom, I mean, are, are you surprised that an administration that would just turn a blind eye to Hunter Biden, the crimes, the insanity... Uh, while also simultaneously going after their political enemies. Uh, you know, Hunter gets this sweetheart plea deals. I mean, are we surprised that those people would also aid and abet illegal immigration, uh, well, you know, well, to I, their I ends? Because, you know, again, the, the means justify the ends, and, you know, that, that's worth it to them. I mean, I don't think anything should surprise us from these people uh, no, and their total lack of respect for our Constitution, for our laws, uh, and for basic decency. I'm not surprised. I, I, I agree with 100%. But here's where I'm going. When the next administration gets in the White House, we shouldn't hear a word 
for the people who had their due process, the people that are ordered by the federal court, you must leave. I don't want to hear anybody heartache, anybody crying, that when these people get rounded up and get removed. That is the process put in place. That's what the legal process says. So if you really want due process, then we need to carry out the final order of the, of the judge. Because I know during the next Trump administration, there is going to be a lot of deportations. And people ought to, say, you know, people ought to remember, we let these people into the country, even after they committed a crime, entered the country legally. They were ordered removed by a federal judge. And instead of leaving, they became a fugitive. Let's remember that. They have to leave. Because if we don't have some sort of consequence, if we don't enforce the law, then we're never going to fix the border problem. That's how President Trump did the remaining in Mexico. He had consequences. If you break the law, there's going to be consequences. I think we learned as kids, bad behavior, if you don't have consequences of bad behavior, bad behavior don't go away. So when, yeah. when Trump administration gets back in power, and I'll be there, I don't want to hear a word about deporting people who had to do process and became a fugitive because they didn't do what the court told them to do. We look for them, we remove them. What, what would be your number one, uh, you know, January, let's just call it January 20th, uh, you know, 2025, right? Trump gets elected, he's in there, he gets sworn into office. You know, second number one, what would be the most effective possible policy to enact? Like executive order number one uh, to combat the insanity and the crisis there. And the uh, catch and release ends now. Anybody across that border would not be released. They'll be detained. Then the second phone call to the president of Mexico. Remain in Mexico is back in play. The federal courts at the highest levels have said it's legal. It's, and and it's, again, it's going to save lives. First thing you do, remain in Mexico and catch and release. If people know that they're going to enter the country legal and make a fraudulent claim to asylum, that they're not going to be released, they stop coming. What, what, what people don't know about the Remain in Mexico program, after a few months, People stop coming because they realize they weren't going to be. Look, most of these people yeah. know they qualify for asylum. They're coming for a better life. They're coming for a job. I get it, but they don't qualify for asylum. So they know they don't really qualify for asylum. So once they were no longer released to, to be in the wind for the next 20 years, they stopped coming. So families weren't spending their life savings giving it to the cartels that come to the United States because they won't be, they weren't going to be released. Again, it saved lives, it saved. These families don't have a lot of money. They didn't spend their money paying the cartels because they knew they weren't going to be released. People stopped coming. I should tell you something. Because if you're really escaping fear and, fear and persecution from your own government because of race, religion, political affiliation, you're going to wait in Mexico for your hearing because you're escaping fear and death and persecution. Why did they leave? Why did they stop coming? Because it's not about asylum. It's about coming to the United States. I get it. But there's a right way to do it or a wrong way to do it. There are millions of people standing in line doing things the right way, paying the fees, taking their tests, doing the background investigations. I, had, I was in New York City the other day, and my driver recognized me. He, he's from Nigeria. He came to the country as a student. Then he became a green card holder. Then he became a citizen. And he says, I've been trying to get my family over here for a few years, and I, we're making no headway. And I see the news where these families are coming across the border and being released, getting work authorization. Some days I say, why the hell am I playing this game, the legal game, when I can simply have them smuggling the United States? Then I remember, Mr. Homan, why I became a citizen. Because I love this country and I respect this country. I don't want to break its laws. You can't, you can't respect the country and break its laws. You, 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 can't, you can't have it both ways. And what a story you know, from this guy who's worked his way up, the legal process, did it the right way. His family's sitting in the back seat. Is anybody working their visa application? No. Why? 
because CIS, who does the visa applications, they're all busy dealing with the, with the fraudulent asylum claims on the southern border. Yeah, you know, it's funny you say that because I, I actually hear that all the time. It usually starts off with me like, like, are you done, Junior? I'm like, oh, boy, where, where's this one going to go? And it's, you know, again, e even me, just you're, you're bombarded with the CNN sort of narrative, the bullshit so, so much that even you. But for me, uh, like, I feel like the, some of the biggest patriots I've met in this country are those who went through the process legally. They're the ones that stuck it out for years. They did everything right. They followed the rules and the restrictions. They paid taxes. Uh, they're the ones that actually get screwed. So, you know, I, I, I even get this sort of stereotype notion of, of the way the world's going to be. And these people are some of the most MAGA people in the world. It's sort of why the Biden administration is fine with the stuff coming across the southern border, but they don't want to grant the same sort of asylum for people escaping Venezuela or Cuba who are actually and have a much higher degree of certainty of being actual refugees who actually need asylum, who were you know, shot at in the streets of Havana uh, or, or otherwise. Those, you know, that's a little different. We don't want that because those people know what they're escaping. Uh, you know, they know why they're coming here. They're not going to just blindly vote for Democrats because they're on some sort of program. And that's why there's a disparity there, which, I mean, should probably tell us everything we need to know about the insanity and the asinineness of the policies. Well, look, sh shows like this are hoping to educate the American people when they get the voting booth next year, they're going to vote for border security because it isn't just about illegal immigration anymore. It's about national security. It's about public safety. It's about disease. It's about trafficking women and children. It's about non-suspected terrorists. We just started a, we just, we just formed a group, me and several others, called Border 911. Anybody can go border911.com. It's going to be a lot, a lot of Trump stuff on there. And I, I, I partnered with Mark Morgan, the CBP commissioner under the Trump administration. Tim Ballard, who just had great success. Oh, great. Uh, Sarah Carter, uh, uh, Derek Maltz, career DEA agents who's been all over the network talking about the fentanyl crisis. Jason Jones, Texas DPS intel officer who knows criminal cartels better than anybody in the country. We bought the best of the best in a group, Border 911, and we're going to spend the next year doing what you're doing. We're going to educate the American people. Regardless of what you think about illegal immigration, understand a secure border becomes a national security issue. So when you get to the voting booth next year, vote for the guy who's going to secure the border. Because, it, yeah, as you said earlier in the show, every state's a border state. The fentanyl coming across that border is, is making it to every town, city, and state in this country. Criminal cartels are in every major city of this country. MS-13 are now in 48 states. When I started my career, they were in three states. They're in 48 states. A secure border affects everybody in this country. Just about everybody knows somebody or knows somebody that has a fentanyl crisis. You, you're not going to be aware of the trafficking because it's hard to spot. I'm telling you, there's trafficking happening in your area. Women are being forced into prostitution. Children, we're going to educate the American people. So I, I, everybody that's listening, go to border911.com, file. You can, you, can, you can sign in. We'll get you notifications. We're going to be out talking about President Trump, the great success, and why it's important, why it's important that we vote for border security next election. I don't that, care what you think of President Trump. I don't care what you think of me. If you follow the facts, a secure border saves lives, prevents yeah. children from being raped, prevents women being raped. It prevents no inspector terrorists getting in the country. It, it, it's going to vastly decrease the smuggling of fentanyl. If you care about any of these things, then you have to have a secure border.
100%. Listen, facts don't care about your feelings. So, guys, go check that out. Uh, Border 911. Tom, I'll link up with you as well and, you know, get, get me some more information. People have to understand what's actually going on. And, again, there's so few places that can actually do it. So, guys, go check out the website. Uh, follow Tom on social so you can keep up with that. Uh, Tom, I want to thank you for being here. You're a great patriot. Uh, people always ask me, you know, who am I looking forward to having in the administration now that we've weeded out sort of the swamp rats? We understand where it is. And, uh, you know, you're definitely at the top of my list, man. It's going to drive people crazy uh, when you're back in there and in charge. But you're going to do a lot of good uh, for a lot of people, not just in this country, but really uh, across the world. So I appreciate uh, your patriotism. I appreciate that you stay in this fight on an issue that's not easy to stay on the fight, meaning you're going to get hit you know, day in and day out like we are by the radical left, by the mainstream media, by big tech. Uh, and it's just awesome to see you in the fight. So thank you so much, Tom, for joining us today. We'll definitely have you back on as more unfolds on the border. Guys, thank you for watching. I want you to also uh, make sure you like, share, and subscribe. That's how we're going to get this message out there. That's how other people are going to see what's actually going on. It's so easy to do. And that's how we play, unfortunately, with big tech. That's how other people are going to see it. We got to still play the game a little bit. Also, make sure to check out the sponsors of this show. Again, vote with your dollars. Give your money to the folks that honestly share your values because that's so important. Go check out the folks over at Gold Co. and take the needed steps to diversify your portfolio. Again, we saw last week the Fed raised it rates to the highest level in 22 years. We have inflation, reckless spending, gas prices, global turmoil. It's 2008 all over again, and I want you to be prepared. So owning tangible physical inflation hedging gold and silver can help secure, stabilize your portfolio. GoldCo will take you through it step by step and answer all of your questions so you're not just going into it blind. So go to donjuniorgold.com to learn more. That's D-O-N-J-R gold.com. And don't forget about the great folks at Patriot Mobile, America's only Christian conservative wireless provider where you're putting America first with every call. Patriot Mobile provides dependable wireless service at affordable prices, but they put your dollars into action, supporting the freedom-loving values that you believe in, rather than donating to the leftist woke crap of the other guys that are out there. You know who they are. You saw their parent companies try to cancel Newsmax and OAN and conservative programming. If you're going to have a phone in your pocket, you might as well, and I think you are in 2023, at least have your money go to companies that are giving back to the stuff that you believe in. And for free activation, go to, go to patriotmobile.com slash triggered. That's patriotmobile.com slash triggered. It's quick. It's easy. And again, you can vote with your dollars. Guys, thanks for tuning in. I will see you on Thursday. For those who are on Locals, uh, I'll be going live there right now doing the uh, AMA over there. Uh, so if you're on Locals, head over there now. I'll probably be there for about half hour or so. Uh, and otherwise, I'll see you guys on Thursday. Don't forget, again, like, share, subscribe. See you soon.